drowned by my perfect fire, my perfect life. So we want to, hello everyone, we are Greetings, welcome The Lanky Guys My uh, name is Father Peter Muzzet My name is Dr. Scott Powell And we are recording live from Drogo's Coffee House 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 Bar With an Coffee unlaut. bar, I think it's technically You can have put an unlaut on it You could on the, on the ooh Ooh, ale ooh, 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 that's for Bob Burns. You guys, this is the thing is that we're so used to starting this podcast like 14 times and then choosing the best one of them that I kind of freaking out that we've already started this podcast. We've already started the podcast because I mean, they're all here. I'm, uh, I'm not staring at my phone. I'm looking at the comments that are coming in. Um, but we want to hear from you guys. We want to tell us where you're listening from. Say hello. Let us know you're there. I think Facebook already told you to tell us that we're here because they're listening to our every word, no matter what we say. Dude, uh, d there's like a bad lip reading um, <laughs> uh, for like Mark Zuckerberg. No. Yeah, and then so. like his Senate hearings? Y yeah, exactly. Oh, so man. He's listening I to this I conversation, by the way. I haven't watched it yet, and I'm very, very excited. That's quick work, because that yeah, was just a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. Those bad lip reading guys. Shout out to them, whoever they well, are. So for those of you who don't know, our podcast is uh, part of the wider Catholic ministry that exists at Saint Th at uh, uh, the Catholic Campus Ministry in CU Boulder. Um, and so it's just awesome to be able to invite you in in a live way to be able to be a part of our ministry in a bigger way. What you see behind us here, oh, for those people that are standing, um, I can, I'm crushing your head. I'm crushing your head. Oh. I, it's hard to get the angle right. Have you guys ever? <laughs> have you guys ever done that? Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you guys okay. remember that oh, from yeah. like Saturday Night Live or whatever? Oh I'm no. Crushing your head. It sounds um, like um, Strong Bad. Oh, it is. It okay. is. That's a. Um, this is the danger of live things. I'm sorry. Where is? Oh, Okinawa. Someone's watching from Okinawa. I'm looking. I'm, I'm trying to Dude. peek at where people are listening from. Welcome. We got University of Iowa. Welcome. Listening from across the chair from you. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Uh, oh, this is great. She's right. Our Catholic link friends, right Michigan. Yeah. Someone's just saying hello. Sorry, you you keep talking. This is just it's just always fun to see where you guys are coming from. Yeah, it's it's Littleton and Okinawa. Dude, the, that's the mean. There's a there's a, a restaurant around here called Okinawa. Maybe that's where they're writing from. Maybe they're not in Japan at all. It's <laughs> just a restaurant. Can t please uh, Okinawa tell us if you're actually from the restaurant or the nation? It's Sharon Gerwick. We can say we can say their name. Hi, Sharon. You guys, a shout out to everybody who's with us here to live. Uh, to, to live. To this live. is the kind of stuff that you edit out afterwards. It's, it really is terribly frightening it's, to be in front of all of you. Think like, of think of being me, who's usually the one who edits it. I know. I just have to sit and take it all. I know. Scott gets to take everything out that he doesn't like that he said. <laughs> and he, he gets to said. leave in all the stupid things that I've said. Uh, just to, uh, a from column A, a little from column a little, B. A little uh, colleague, column B. I realize I don't have the readings in front of me because my computer's way over there. So I, I have to. I know. We have to get them, and that's okay. We're we're good to go. I've hey, got the I've got the readings right in front of me. Well, that doesn't help me. It doesn't help you. But we it should, makes unless me you sound put it on smarter. like a stand, like one of those built-in stands that uh, Apple was smart enough to build on your iPad. Oh, you want a built-in stand? You want to you want to see the readings too? We should talk about why we're doing this. What okay. on earth? What on earth are we doing? Why are we doing a live podcast that you might be asking yourself? Oh, shout out to Nora Finnegan, who just brought me a latte. Nora Finnegan, everybody. Uh, Give it up for Nora Finnegan. Who is, who is uh, our barista is Molly. No, uh, Molly Nava. Yep, Nava. Nava. Yep. Nava? Nava Have I Nava? been mispronouncing it wrong for like years? I don't know, Molly. If you watch this later, you can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, I, what, what were we just talking See, this is what I would edit out. Uh, no, we're, so we're doing it. So today, of course, as you all know, is the feast day of St. Cletus, who's everybody's favorite Catholic saint. Everybody right? knows St. Cletus. You know, you know, Cletus. you know about uh, St. Cletus? He does nothing except for. He does nothing. Okay, he was an apostle or something. No, none of those things are true. What, who is St. Okay. Cletus? St. Cletus. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm so happy you asked. Well, because the only way we know Cletus is from Linus Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Cassanus, John, Paul, Cosmos, and Damian. Right. And all the saints. So he's in Eucharistic. Is that Eucharistic prayer number one? Yeah, Eucharistic prayer one. Eucharistic prayer one. He's in the canon. So um, I mean, do you know who he, those first names he, he are? He gets shot out of a canon Boo! whenever we pray. The canon how, of our hearts. That's the, the canon of the mass. Yes. Um, do you know who those first couple names that you rattled off are? Um, uh, they're in the missal in the canon. But what are they? 
What are those people? Those are popes. They're popes. Yeah. So that's that's what that's all I was trying to get you to. I'm not trying to trick you. So Peter Linus Cletus Clement VI. Peter Paul Linus Cletus. No, no, no. Paul's not a Peter pope. Paul Mary. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Cletus, what are we getting at? Saint Cletus. Um, we we really don't know much about him. In, in Father Peter's defense, we know virtually nothing, which is actually why we thought it was kind of cool to do something in honor of him because Cletus doesn't get any credit, right? I know it's a, it's the day after Saint Mark's. Oh, oh Nora Finnegan coming Finnegan through again, in the everybody. pinch today. We have a special drink. Um, from the uh, coffee house. What's it called? Uh, I I. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> it's called an. <laughs> it's called an affogato. Affogato, um, which has been a huge source of humor the last forty-eight hours here. Look at that. It looks like it's got whipped cream and ice cream and, and espresso, espresso poured over and sprinklies, dude, or jimmies if you live in the Midwest. Dude, this is for Cletus. Yes, for Here's so, okay. to Cletus. Back to business. So St. Cletus was the third pope. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things we know about him. Of the few things we know about him, he's the third pope. So Peter, Linus, then Cletus. And what he's known for, according to tradition, he established some of the first parishes. So we're talking about a time in the early church where, you know, in, in the very beginning, every priest, presbyteroi is the word that's used in the New Testament, okay. is basically a bishop. And the word bishop, episcopoi, simply means one who oversees, right, their flock. And so originally, you know, bishops and priests were kind of interchangeable. But as the church grew and as the word of God began to spread that we're going to kind of look at in Acts... Um, parish communities grew and there was a need for one bishop to sort of oversee, episcopoi, the other congregations. And so as the church was growing, it said that St. Cletus actually oversaw the foundation of 25 parishes in the city of Rome, wow, which is a, really cool. That's amazing. That idea did not die. Is that a pun? That yeah, that idea didn't perish. Parish. Oh. Yeah, so he so he is a parish founder. I mean, like, yeah, he's not the patron of parish priests. That's Saint John Vianney. Yeah, but, but it's a really important uh, story. And again, it comes from tradition where you know we just don't know much about him. Um, so I'm not going to hang my hat entirely. But but that's what's said to be believed about him, which is really beautiful. And so in honor of that, yeah, and the founding of these 25 parishes in Rome, we tried to think of the most Roman drink we could. Hence the affogato, which just sounds Italian when you say it. Affogato. Espresso is Italian. And I mean, and it sounds like it's something the Italians would do. They're like, let's put some gelato and espresso together. And that's this some whipped cream, Giuseppe. <laughs> um, but in honor of... Sorry for all the stereotypes for all of our Italian brothers and sisters. Yeah, shoot. Is anybody listening from Italy? Yeah, this is... Not anymore. This is not anymore. <laughs> this, is, this is why we edit is because we're like, hold this on, was, was that appropriate? I'm not sure. All right, we'll try to be more on top of that mm. appropriateness. But in honor of St. Cletus so and the, we love founding, you. the founding of these 25 parishes, we are using today as an opportunity to try to raise $25,000 in 25 hours to support all the amazing work that's happening around here and the work that this ministry and all the people who give their lives in service to the city of Boulder and to the University of Colorado are doing. And so we need your help. Which uh, we've been live streaming for 11 minutes now, and we've already gotten $1,000. Yeah, you guys are the best. And I do know that even before the live stream started, we had some donations that were already rolling in from early this morning, which we're gonna uh, we're gonna apply to this um, twenty five thousand in twenty five hours. And a, a generous anonymous donor has offered to give the first five donors to this mission today uh, a copy of Anthony Lillis's book, who was a professor in here in Colorado. And, um, at your seminary? At my seminary. Did you have and, him? Was he teaching there when you were out there? He was. And he has, his, his book is called Fire from Above. And so uh, for the first five $50 givers. So first five $50 givers. That's so so if there's any more alliterations that are present and you guys want to offer another challenge. The then fabulous first five Fruit Loopy 50 givers, five givers. Uh, five. I'm just going to let you keep going. Yeah, yeah. No more Fs, dude. You know what I just realized? What? I look stupid when I drink. Let me look. Let me look. No, no, that's that's I how you always weird. look. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. For the <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this you. This is weird seeing ourselves. Look, I, there was a bunch of smiley faces that yeah, all just kind of popped <laughs> up when I self-deprecated. <laughs> Let's make fun of myself. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right. So our first reading today. Oh, we're just going. Okay. Good. Yeah, man. I mean, these we're, people we're, we're don't have all the time in the world. It's ten thirty on a Thursday. Ten thirty sick. But they can restream it later. Yeah, you can restream it later. But we. And, yeah. So our first reading is from Acts nine twenty six to thirty one, y'all. Okay. Twenty six. 
That's I, not. I put the readings right true. here. You know that that's an internet device, and you can get the readings. Oh, on fourth that week too. of Easter. I'm on the. I, it's hard to read. So I thought we were sharing this. Yeah, we're sharing. Oh, for that. Pete's sake. Yeah, you Technology, you guys. Press is the really hard. Here. Okay, Acts 29. Good. Uh, our responsorial psalm is coming from Psalm 22, verse 26 through 27, then 28, 30, 31 through 32, and thrown in 26a. Uh, is the re- is that the response? Is the parentheses the response itself? Yeah, the parentheses is the response, which is simply, Alleluia. Oh no, oh. It, it could be Alleluia. It could be Alleluia. Do, or it could do you be. know how few people actually choose to use the Alleluia response in the Psalm? I don't know stinks. if I ever see it. That stinks. I can't remember it. it this in Sunday? The, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Well, there There's go. a visiting priest who's taking most of the masses. Oh, nice, so. very good. So uh, then our uh, El reading segundo. Mm is the first John 318 to 24 y'all 318 to 24 good and our gospel reading is coming from the gospel of John which we've been in all during the Easter season okay how cool. many ways can you say John in another language Juan Johannes um Giuseppe no I don't that's <laughs> yeah yeah no well, Giuseppe is not John isn't Giuseppe John I don't know uh, come on give me one more one more <laughs> I, I Anybody? Anybody? Juan on another language. John. Okay. Jan. 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 Jan in Polish. We got it. Okay, it's good. All right. John, Jan, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. The vine and the branches, which is a beautiful reading. I am the vine, you are the branches. I can sing a song for you. Could you? You just did. I just made that one up. No. What do you think? I can't believe it. You like that tune? I can't believe it. I'm a songwriter, dude. You are. You're a song singer. I didn't really write anything down. That's true. I, I did not inscribe it. You were a song singer, though. Okay, we got to talk about the readings. I got to mm. get my Bible out. This is really uh, this is hard to navigate all this stuff. There's kids running up and down. The, this and is the best. Yeah, I love doing it down here. If y'all want to like uh, come and you can sit over here, it's kind of exposed, but then you guys can still hear. You can still hear, and it's great. Can you hear? Can you guys all hear? You can hear us. Okay, it's weird. I can't. I can hear myself because I'm wearing headphones, but I can't hear you guys. So I can hear them when they laugh. I heard I, that. Yeah, thanks for laughing. It's really appreciated. You guys are the best. Oh man, I um, I just can't. Okay, I I just have to stress this as we're going on. I'm just looking around, looking behind me. I love the ministry here, and I know I'm. I have to say that because you pay me to be a good minister here. But um, I really can't. It. it, it I just want to highlight because we're doing this in support of this ministry and also to remind you guys that the Lanky Guys podcast and we thank you for all of you who are faithful listeners but we are a part of a bigger ministry here and there's a lot that's going on here and your support of what we're doing today and in this uh, campaign that we're, we're trying to raise this spring, it, it supports so many things. We do a lecture series here at St. Tom's. We do courses. We do um, academic debates on campus. We do retreats. There's intramural sports. There's <laughs> one of my favorites. This uh, I think it's this weekend, right? St. Tom's is holding a prom. Um, so our students have been like asking each other to, to college prom, which has just been awesome. We put our prom pictures up on, up on the private group so that you, you guys can't see them. I'm sorry about that. But the um, but the yeah, what's so cool about our ministry is that it, it has a lot of the same elements, the constituent elements that a parish does. But they're uh, but we, we've just asked so many beautiful questions about how to make them vital in a new and wonderful way. And uh, and this cafe is 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 a heart, a beating heart of the ministry. It's like we're trying to create a scene because we've lived in such a virtualized way. So actually, Scott and I, um, we, we uh, always believe that the gospel comes incarnate. So yes. on occasion, it's really important for you guys to see in a live way. Uh, what's happening so that you can experience in some small way the incarnation of how the gospel has transformed our lives and we believe that you give the gospel from person to person and um and that's that's like that's actually essential to everything we we can't just live online and so these are opportunities and windows for you to get involved and for uh and to us invite people uh, to so that we're not just in a basement because that can be the temptation in our faith no it's we're on the live, main level today. we're on the main level today we're out in it <laughs> first which, floor which is really interesting because it kind of leads us into the first reading it does this um by the way this is the re- these are the readings from my first mass no was yeah. your first my or I, my first uh, mass yeah, no. that I said. How yeah. can that be though? I don't know, man. Was Easter would have just been later that year? So I mean, it was for the fifth Sunday of Easter. It, was that your first mass? Was the fifth Sunday? I of Easter? couldn't. I couldn't tell How you. Interesting. Well, because because cool. because uh, the, this reading from Acts nine twenty six, unless we have it somewhere else, 
It's uh, I remember that a father it could be in the liturgy. It yeah, could show up in a daily mass. It, it yeah, could, but th- but these are the readings that that I had. Well, and also ordinations are in May, so I mean it's close enough that that makes sense that that would be. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really beautiful. Yeah, and Father Chris beautiful. Hellstrom, he brought out the uh, he preached my first mass, and uh, the the first thing that he said uh, was um, he says, and they um, they uh, were not sure. They, but they were afraid of him not believing that he was a disciple. And then he described what it looked like when I came into seminary, Aww. man. No, it was awesome. It felt, it felt totally right because, dude, you, oh you know, I was, I was a little cray. I was a little wild. Yeah, luckily you've tamed out. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, I just want to point out, as a brief aside, we're up to three thousand dollars right now. Only, and it's only been. Uh, I don't know how long we've been recording. So praise be to God and thank you guys for this. I, sorry, just before we get into the readings, minutes. the other thing I wanted to say about this, I've been noticing, and part of the reason why we're choosing to do it now, um, you know, we did another campaign around Giving Tuesday around Thanksgiving, but now that it's springtime and the students are getting ready to leave and everyone's kind of starting to get spring fever, it snowed the other day, so spring fever was kind of quenched, but now it's getting warm again. But I've yeah. noticed... Um, a glut of students and people who want to come into my office and meet. And, you know, part of that is just, you know, having Drogos here. People are reminded like, oh, yeah, I wanted to go and talk to Scott about this thing. But I'm, I, I was asking myself earlier this week, why are there so many people showing up and wanting to make appointments and talk through these issues? And there's something about the end of the school year. There's something about springtime. It's certainly working on a college campus where something's coming to an end. And there's this sort of... Uh, this feeling of urgency of uh, we need to get on this. What have I done this year? Have I reached out to my professors in the way that I wanted to? Have I, have I interacted with my friends? Have I led the best Bible study that I could? Have I been faithful to my disciples? You know, all of these things. I'm seeing this coming. And I, I was just thinking last night as I was kind of stressed and trying to, to do my best to prep for our students and our people that are asking me questions that I want to give them good answers and responses to. I was just so grateful about that urgency. And right. I was trying to figure out why have I, why is every hour of my day packed lately? Right. Oh, it's because there's this sense of like, this is real. And, and I think that's also a good way, a good segue into this first reading that for the early church, things are getting real. There is a sense of urgency. Absolutely. And power with what God is doing. We're, uh, you know, a good ways into Acts of the Apostles, which means the church has been around for a while. I think, I, I don't have my notes here in front of me. It's been... Acts chapters one through eight um, is about a decade or something. It's it's a number of years, and maybe and it's only two act, years. We're in Acts nine right, right. now. Right. So now it's actually time for the church to transition in a new way, and Saint Paul, Saul, is actually going to be one of the key players in transitioning the church from one sort of way of being into another one. Because originally, and really for the first seven chapters of Acts of the Apostles, the church is strictly a Jewish reality. And you have the apostles there in Jerusalem. They're trying to minister. They're speaking before the Sanhedrin. They're going before the high priests. They're doing all these things. And that's what we've been reading about the last couple of weeks. But now everything is about to change. And things are about to get real. And they're about to realize, no, God has called us to something so much bigger. Which, again, just to bring it back home is what I love about what's happening in this ministry. And the students that I meet with and the parishioners that I gather with who recognize it's great to come here and hang out at Drogo's. It's great to be a parishioner of St. Thomas Aquinas. It's great to have this community, but that community needs to expand outward. And I got to go into my classroom and I got to go into my dorm and I got to go onto that campus or into my workplace or whatever it is. And I have to make this real. And I've never seen that lived in such a conscious way as I see it lived here. Right. It's so cool. I know of specifically two people who entered our CIA, entered into the church out of their experience with this podcast. Wow. I know. Which is, which is worth all of the effort. And so, (laughs) so for all of the other 38 people who are watching live right now, it's Mm -hmm. amazing. And the, the rest of the cafe that's getting filled up and that's here. It's, it's just awesome to see it manifested in a real way. And I see that in Saul. I mean, I look at Saul and like, here, dude, he responded in the same way that I very much experienced it in my own life. I had a. You br- did get thrown to the ground. I got thrown to the ground. I fell off my bike. I broke my arm, and I realized it was the most important thing. And then, and then it was on. It was like I invited absolutely everybody I could that week to come to mass with me. I mean, the that, motley, really? yeah, the motley crew. Because all of a sudden, I was like, I am Catholic. <laughs> And I was like, and I just like proclaimed it because I was like, there's nothing else that matters. Yeah. There, this is the most important thing that exists. And so as I was going on, I just was like, hey, everybody, I invited my upstairs neighbor who was, uh, neighbors who I thought were amazing. I invited my roommates who I thought were cool. And they were like, well, gosh, 
something's different in this guy. Wow. And that's what's happening with Paul, except for Paul is like, Paul's so intense. He's so intelligent that I think that, that um, he's a little bit terrifying, actually. <laughs> because because you, you know how he's like also you, killing all of them so well, he's terrifying <laughs> at that level as well <laughs> a couple levels of his terrifyingness oh yeah he's i'm a, just saying i'm just saying yeah like okay so he's he's wicked smart he's totally deadly he'll kill you he'll kill you that's an interesting combination right and that's who god chooses to use to be the apostle of apostles in a certain sense right yeah the wicked smart deadly <laughs> Horrifying guy. Yeah, well, because he's willing to act. <laughs> and he uses that, actually, in a couple of his letters as a defense of himself about how, you know, most of Paul's letters put Paul on the defensive because he's got churches that are believing all sorts of weird things or maybe there's people trying to undermine him. So yeah. in a lot of his letters, he's trying to prove his legitimacy. And one of his proofs is that, hey, look, I was so zealous for the faith that I actually persecuted the church. Right. Which was the wrong thing to do, but at least you know that for me it's on. Like, this right. is real. Which actually does bring us to today. We're kind of thrown in in our reading into the tail end of this. We don't get his conversion in the reading, but it comes right before that, the beginning of nine. Like you said, he's thrown to the ground. There's no horse, by the way, in the story. Um, but we like the horse. I like do. I like the horse in the story. Who's man? the famous painter? Caravaggio. Caravaggio puts uh, a big, big That's chubby a big horse. horse. It's a big horse. It's a big horse. Because, <laughs> dude, if you're going to get thrown, it better be a steed. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> like there's something more in there. No, I, me too. No, I mean, I'm just being poetic. That's but my job. A couple things about this. So he's thrown to the ground. And do you remember what Jesus says to him? Uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yeah, which is, which is th there's such a profound insight into the, the nature of what the church is. Because you might expect, Je well, he might expect Jesus to say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my church? Why are you persecuting my followers? Why are you persecuting whatever? But for Jesus, it's very clear. You persecute the church. You persecute me right that's because it's because he is incarnate within his church yeah i love the Dude. little ones that are just yeah, scampering the up kid, the kids kids are all over the place I man this is the live this podcast is, this is real. here like y'all this, this is the best it's so good to have you all here and like you guys can hear us awesome. can you hear us a little bit well yeah it's it's you can scoot in you'll be on camera but that's okay can you guys hear us you guys can get close it's all good you can get some chairs and you have to sit on the high chairs and you bring them in. I'm just, like, they won't see you. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good. I'm just waiting for coffee too, but I'm not really. You've got your coffee. I've okay. Got, yeah. so, so that's the conversion. The conversion is beautiful. He realizes what the church is. Um, you know, this actually, he's blind for a while. Remember this? Oh, yeah. And he's in and Damascus. He, and he gets um, uh, uh, cataracts. He gets cataracts. They fall out of his eyes. Who, Ananias, right? He was Ananias, the, which has the, he has the worst mission in the whole church. Just imagine you're praying and you're like, you're like, dear Lord, I love you. And then the Lord's like, remember that guy who's killing everyone? You're going to go meet that guy. And you're like, I don't think what so. <laughs> like, you want what uh, Huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It's cool. He's blind. He won't but, see you. But this is what's amazing is that he goes into Jerusalem. So yep. he's in Damascus. So he travels back to Jerusalem. Yep. Well, first, what does he do first? It doesn't say it explicitly here, but we know it when you combine it with Paul's other writings. Before, and I think this is really profound and really important. Before he goes to Jerusalem, he actually goes down to Arabia for three years. So this is three years later? Yeah. Bra I, think bra that, bra. I think that's the right chronology of reading okay. that. Which, I mean, you get thrown to the ground. A, even a year is a lot. Three, three stinking years. years. And why does he go to Arabia? Do you know? Because um, horses. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's an interesting insight, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Probably, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that, I like that. He goes down what's believed to be the Sinai Peninsula. And I think what he's doing is going back to where this whole thing started. I mean, what, what is he doing? He's got to rethink everything he knows about his faith, about God, about the law, about everything. So what does he do? He goes back to where it started. I'm going to go to Sinai. I'm going to go to the mountain where Moses received the law mm. to begin with, where my people wandered for 40 years, and I'm going to stay there until I figure this out yeah. or until God reveals this. So that's Whoa. where he goes. So in a certain sense, he's looking for the face of God. He is, and how does he find it? But having encountered the light of God. Yep. Because like that's actually one of the big mysteries is God is light. God is an uncreated light by which is it's, He's overwhelming us. But to to how do we make allow that to become concrete? Yeah, and like well, in a certain sense, that's what He's looking for. And how is He making it concrete? He's going back to salvation history. Right. He's reading. He's going and reliving the story, which wow. is what we're always trying to do on this podcast. Let's go back to the story. Let's go back to the beginning and figure out what this is. 
And God reveals this and he shows him and he comes back and he's ready to go. But he goes to Jerusalem first. And here's what, well, I guess it's before, are we in, yeah, we're at Jerusalem when we pick it up in our reading. And this is what I was thinking about, I, I, I did a lot of studying yesterday and it wasn't until this morning that I realized who the most important character in the first reading is. Any idea? No. The most important character in the first reading. Um, I mean, it's about Paul or Saul, right? He's persecuting the church. He's coming. So in our reading, it says he comes to Jerusalem. And he's like, I want to find the church. Like, where is everybody? Let me, let me in. Barnabas. And everybody's horrified. Yeah, it's Barnabas. And Barnabas is the only one who's courageous enough to take him under his wing. Yes. And he's the oh, bridge. And he's, it's, the will, he's willing to actually invite him into discipleship and to, to actually put him under his wing. Which I was thinking about this in prayer this morning. That's actually really powerful. It's really And I didn't it's see it. It's important for our diocese right now, too. It's because, so powerful. Because like how, how, how crazy is it? Because nobody believes that this guy's a disciple. I mean, why not, though? Because he kills everyone. Right. Which just. And then ran away. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, according to all, all uh, estimates and to put this in, I mean, I don't know. So I was thinking about it this morning and I was kind of praying through it and trying to figure out what to say about this. And, you know, my first thought was like, oh, well, you know, the, the church and they're terrified because here's this guy who's persecuted them. And what yeah, it, it almost made me, you know, what I wanted to go was almost this. Well, what I wanted to kind of go toward was. What are the ways in which, you know, who are we not willing to accept or who are we afraid to welcome into our communities or Dude, what is it that's so holding important. us back from those things? But yeah. then I realized that's actually not the most important thing. I, I, that's true and that's real. But then I was thinking to myself, well, wait a second, let's hold off on this because there's not wanting to welcome people into your community. There's being a little bit afraid. But what if, and just to make this as real as possible, yeah. what if the leader of a terrorist organization whose job it is to kill and murder Christians showed up at your parish and said, can I come in and be a part of things? I mean, that's different than like the guy who annoys you at work that I know we're supposed to reach out to or, you know, our neighbor who is, you know, loudmouth and atheist or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing in our life is that we don't want to, you know, we might not be as, as merciful or who we're not merciful toward, but then take it on and put it on a very uh, systematic level. I mean, this is not just your neighbor who's annoying. This is not just the, the family member who you fight about political matters or, or, or religious things about. This is it's a major systematic leader of an organization that is trying to systematically eradicate you. Right. That's different. And then I started thinking bigger. And again, the only analogy I can think of is the leader of a terrorist organization that's trying to murder Christians. Somebody, wow. a leader of ISIS shows up at St. Thomas Aquinas. He's like, hey guys, I've had a huge conversion. Can I come in? And then I was trying to think of, like, I don't know what the proper response is to that. And it's easy to be like, well, we're not welcoming enough. But then I started thinking. Well, there's you know, it's, it's interesting because there's an analog in the midst of this that, that um, a number of years ago, um, uh, far back, there was the, the head of the Muslim Student Alliance actually okay. came and wanted to investigate Christianity here. Now, it's not the same because Muslims are not terrorists. Right. They're like, but, yeah, but that's but, not what we're saying. No, that's not what we're analogies. saying. It's, it's, just, it's just this thing where we started meeting, but he wanted to meet in secret. Mm. And because he was investigating and he didn't want to um, say um, that this, this expression of, of hope in Christ in relationship to how he's living his life right now, which is very different. Whereas, whereas Saul, he's saying, no, I'm going to actually be all the way out there. Yes. And, um, and, and so I, it, it's like our tendency, and this is what, this is, I think what the church was experiencing is like, okay, let's keep this on the down low. How do we do this? How do we manage this? Which yeah. is Barnabas is like, nope, let's do this. Let's go all the way out. I think Barnabas is even way more fundamental than that because they're like, we don't know if we can let this guy in the door. Right. And Barnabas is the one at some point he had to go out and listen to Paul. Right. And do what you said and actually hear him out and then come back and say, you know what guys? I, cause people are probably thinking he's lying. Right. He's just trying to get in the community. I mean, he wants to kill us. Right. How, how can we possibly let him in? And Barnabas is the one, not just because Barnabas is so holy and is so merciful, but somehow Barnabas was able to let the grace of God permeate his life mm. in such a way that he says, mm. no, guys, I think I believe him. And I yes. think we need to open ourselves. Right. And it's, so in my mind, it was less like, what are the things that, you know, who are the people we're not welcoming enough to? That's, that's a big thing. Right. But it was a much deeper question of, what are the ways in which I'm actually not disposed in my life to let God's grace show up when it does? Right. And that's what's so amazing about Barnabas. 
is that he's the only one with the guts to say no. This is what God is doing in the world. It makes no sense. It seems so uncomfortable. But if God is acting, then we have to conform. And wh what I love, I love the kind of full expression of this reading for this, the part where, um, okay, so Barnabas brings him in and, and Paul just stirs it up everywhere he goes. Yeah. Like this is the, this is, he's just kind of, he's, he's a little bit out of control. He's so passionate. He's so invested and engaged, but like, um, it's, it's just, it's amazing that, um, he goes for it, but then they send him away. And I love how the reading says, and then the church had peace. <laughs> it was just like, it's, it's like, it's just like, he's, Cause he's Paul's kind of a pain. He's a pain, but, but a, a necessary pain. Yes. I mean, talk, talk about a man who's actually showed us the whole process on yes. how to interpret scripture and how to understand it in its mimetical structural salvation history. I mean, like the man put it together, but he was a struggle to deal with. And I think that that's one of the things that I think we need to remember in the church is that there's going to be inconvenient people in our lives that the Lord has a very specific mission for. And it's not about whether or not it's pleasurable for us to be able to uh, disciple them and to draw them in, but that it's actually meant for us to be able to help form them and to draw them deeper into the mystery because God is passionate for them. And I think Paul is an amazing example of that. And not only that, like, yes, he theologically unpacks all these beautiful things, but he's also responsible for the church going out to the known world. Right. He becomes the 13th apostle, which is the one, not just to the tribes of Israel, but to the ends of the earth, which those of us who are living in the ends of the earth, so to speak, have Paul to thank. And so then it becomes this, not just, you know, what can God do through these people that are distasteful or scary or whatever, but what can God do? Can those be the people that God is actually going to use to blow everything wide open and change the whole structure of, you know, that's the thing that's so amazing about Paul. And yeah, he's difficult. And actually later on, the only thing I remembered about Barnabas when I started reading this is that Barnabas and Paul eventually have a fight later on. They have to part ways because they can't stand each other. I know, exactly. And I love that. And I wonder if at some point Barnabas was like, man, I stood up for you. <laughs> like, I went to bat for you, man. I don't know. Who knows what the fight is, but it's kind of funny. I think that the scriptures are the, the, one of the biggest portion of, of the whole purpose of salvation history is to show us how to actually love one another when it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. Because because it's just it's like Cain and Abel from the beginning, man. Yeah. Like th that's where, um, and that's where I think that we lead into the responsorial psalm, which I uh, love. This I will praise you, Lord, in the assembly of your people. So I, yeah, okay. There's two things to me. Sorry, I'm not trying to. No, no, you're not derailing me. Hit it. I will praise you in the. There's the text of the psalm, okay, which is beautiful. But then there's the taking a step back and saying, well, wait, what is the psalm? What's, where is the, um, what's, what's the... Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Where do we know Psalm 22 from? Uh, my Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? Yes. It's, it's what the Lord prays on the cross. And it, when he starts, he starts it in a vocal way. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it, it implies, and this is actually one of the things St. Paul's teaches us, mm -hmm. is, that, is that you can actually quote a certain section to elicit the whole. Absolutely. That's, that's actually one of the most important ways. Paul taught me that, that, that like this whole scriptures are riddled with that particular narrative way. Which, I mean, which is, we, we do that in our, and like, we do that culturally all the time. Absolutely. I mean, the, the typical example is, you can't handle the truth, which <laughs> yeah. is. I just quoted that this morning. You did? Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it, it, it elicits a whole kind of structure or it, it stands on its own because you don't know the movie. But like, that's a different, but that's a different. Thing. A few good men. But the thing that's beautiful. So, yeah. But what we're seeing then in the expression of the liturgy not even just the expression of the liturgy, the expression of the liturgical calendar is that we had that reading in Lent on Good Friday as Jesus is hanging on the cross, right. which is this line, why have you, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, which elicits the hopeful ending. And what do we get now, the fifth week into Easter? We get the hopeful ending. That's uh, the story of Paul. The story of uh, Paul is that, oh, this actually did reach to the ends of the earth and it's going to go through that guy. And I actually see through the psalm, the psalm is now being fulfilled through the course of the readings and the liturgical calendar. So this thing we prayed five weeks ago on Good Friday is now being brought to its logical fulfillment here five weeks later in Easter as we read through the narrative. Yes. So not only the words of the psalm, but the psalm itself is actually telling a story. Yeah, and listen to the last line, the last strophe of the psalm. Strophe. And to him my soul shall live, my descendants shall serve him. Let mm. the coming generation be told of the Lord that they may proclaim to a people yet to be born the justice he has shown. 
Ooh. It's just like, and then right, the strophe before it, to him alone shall bow down all who sleep in the earth. Before him shall bend all who go down into the dust. It's like, it's like all of heaven and earth are going to be found gathered in Christ and that this is going to actually be per, a perpetual expression. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like what we're seeing lived out specifically in Paul. Absolutely. Uh, that, that like he's going to be told about them. Which is actually, I strange, not strangely, but maybe hiddenly, I think a good segue into the second reading. Yeah. Um, the second reading. I don't know how, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I struggled with the second reading. Um, first, John is just a weird book. It's a hard book to me. Because well, John really is complicated. just so stinking smart, dude. He's he's not just smart, but he's like... He's lofty. Mystic. He's glorious. That's what I'm mystic saying. Mystic is like, the right word. The, the reason why his, his uh, um, animal is the eagle is because it flies the highest what? of all of the others. I always sort of see myself as more of a Paul guy and you as a John guy. Because I like the... Tan you know, give me the narrative. Give me the pieces. Let's logic this through. And you then were like, but this is what it means on like a profound level, Dude, which is thanks. John, right? And I, John needs Paul and Paul needs John. And what Paul and what John is saying here at the beginning... So you're saying Paul needs the John? Hold on. This is weird. I would have edited that out. I know. You would have edited that no, out. No, maybe. That's, that depends. I you might know. have said it differently if we weren't yeah. live. Anyway. <laughs> um, Kate Schmidt is sitting right in front of me. And Kate, you actually just got a shout out. So from uh, from Ginny Carroll watching from Berlin. So here's to you, Kate. Yeah. Hey, which by the way, I want to take a, just a segment, y'all. Uh, you're watching a, a a lanky guys live. You're listening to a lanky guys live. It's a little bit different than our normal format, and um, I'll say. And uh, it's really it's meant uh, to be an opportunity for you to see in a small way the wider ministry that St. Thomas Aquinas uh, offers and that Lenky Guys is, is a really uh, a core expression of. And so I'm so thankful for all of you who have already participated and who have already donated. Uh, today, if we're doing... Um, uh, the, uh, the St. Cletus Day. St. Cletus was. You better believe it. St. Cletus was the uh, 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 third pope, and he off and he started the parish system, and uh, so he started 25 parishes in Rome, and so we're celebrating him because that's really kind of all he did. Um, he probably did more. That's just all we know about. Oh, whatever. Oh, he's, he just like he's like let's start that. I, I'm just kidding. He's a saint. People are like giving me the eyeball over here. They're like, Father, you can't say that about a saint. And I'm like. No, because I, I see I say these things about saints, and then they have to show up for me, you know. And they're mm. like, "Oh, I'll show you, I'll show you." And then I'm like, "Well, great!" Oh, you were gonna get some Cletus, Cletus time yeah, yeah, coming. Yeah, dude, well. he, he's gonna he's gonna give me the cleaver. Ah, uh, well uh, done. I don't know. I was just trying to come up with something. So, a couple of so, shoutouts actually, just while we're on this, just to yes. pause for station identification. A couple shoutouts from uh, what do we got? We got Shannon. I, I mentioned listening from Okinawa. It's past midnight, so she's going to sleep. Good. Can I? You can listen to it tomorrow. Um, we got some people listening from Puerto Rico, Hector Lopez Otero. We've got um, Ginny Carroll, like I said, listening from Berlin. We've got Nate and Lizzie Franklin listening from Portland, What's Maine. What's up, Nate and Carol Lizzie? Carol Beerley, Byerly from Charlotte, North Carolina, and a bunch more that we don't have time to, to go through. But thank you guys for listening from all over the place. This is It's always so fun seeing where you guys are coming from. Um, again, please help us reach our goal, support this ministry. Help us to give the tools to the people around here to, to do the hard work. It's really easy, and I just have to say this. It's really easy to sit here and do a podcast in front of a screen. It's really, honestly, it's easy to sit in my office and work through theology with students that are bought into it and have a right. love for the church, but I don't have their job. I don't have to go back into the classroom and actually communicate that with their professors and with their classmates and do the heavy lifting. So we're trying to do our best to give them the best tools and resources possible so that they can do the hard work over there. And we are wanting to do the same for you. Is yeah. We're wanting to do a hard work so that you can preach to your people so mm. that you can make disciples and transform the nations that you can go into your families and and have a sense of scripture and describe and talk about the context of things so that your children think that you're smart i mean this is um this Little is they know. this is <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I this For is I, I i it's totally tongue-in-cheek because you guys are you guys are it is i'm just kidding see this come is, on this, <laughs> this is why we do it live. Right, we got to get I back guess. to the readings. Yeah, so so please, um, we uh, we're inviting you to really uh, participate in in donation. 
Um, I would really love it if you would be willing to support our ministry in sub-capacity. Um, right now, we've already uh, made $3,000. We're probably a little bit above that um, uh, now, but I am so thankful. So even if you, give, if you wanted to give monthly, um, we'll count the whole 12 months in our 25 and 25. So you guys are the best. God bless you. And here we, we're Sorry. And back to the. Oh, the I rest. have to give a shout out to Susan Kennedy, who just wrote huge gratitude and a big shout out from the kids sitting in the backseat of the minivan, pretending to complain, but refusing to let me turn off the show. Kids, pay attention. Talking to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kennedy kids. Uh, Chill out, Kennedy oh, and, kids. And a shout out to Michael Flight. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you for all of your wonderfulness and your generosity. You're Love the it. bomb. So all um, right. where were we? Second children. Reading, first, first, first John? Yeah. Children, let us, not lo- let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. Now, here's where I think this is a segue. Talking about Paul, thinking about the way that... Hi, thanks. I'm loving him indeed. Okay. Indeed, um, I love him. I'm just going to love you in word and speech. I'm just going <laughs> to. Uh, yeah, so I was thinking about Paul, reflecting on Paul. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a Bible study. I don't know if the focus crew are still here. I've been doing a Bible study with the focus team and some of the Cambodian folks on 1 Corinthians. And one of the things that I'm always reminded of as I go through Paul's letters, we think about, and we've even talked about him this way, he is probably the most brilliant theologian the church has ever seen or known. Right. He has unpacked more truth theological reality, salvation history, scripture than anybody else. I mean, he, he gives us so much. Yes. But it's so easy to read through Paul's stuff and his letters and think about Paul and forget that Paul is first and foremost not a theologian. Paul is first and foremost a pastor. He's mm. a pastor who's got a, she- a flock that he's trying to shepherd. And I'm almost seeing a, a little reminder in the second reading of not putting this in context and not reading Paul wrong. Don't think of Paul as merely this abstract theologian that wrote a bunch of great treatises. He right. doesn't just love Jesus in word and speech. Right. It's not a, for Paul, it's not about Paul's letters. It's not about what he says or what he writes. It's about being in deed and in truth. And what Paul does in his letters, more than anything, yeah, he exposes a lot of beautiful theology and salvation history, but he makes himself the witness. And we may even mention before, it's, it's his own suffering and getting beat up that Paul says, no, that's where the witness is. That's who I am. And that's why I have means to speak about Jesus Christ, not just because I understand all this great stuff. I right. do. And he's, he's pretty quick to point out how much he understands. Paul's got a fairly big head. But he's always quick to point out, no, I'm the one who was thrown to the ground on the road to Damascus, who was blinded by the light of Jesus. That's who I am. I've got theology, and I can share it with you if you want it. But this is reminding us that that's not what, even what we were talking about before with regard to the ministry. I mean, when I, you know, when I get to meet with people and have the blessing of working through issues and theology and scripture, it's ultimately, and I hope I can convey this, it's not just about, oh, here, here's a couple apologetics verses. If you throw these verses at somebody, you'll really shut them up. Or here's some philosophy or here's, you know, something a saint said and just use this in your class and that'll quiet everybody. That's not how we evangelize. And that's actually not the way it's supposed to be done. It's meant to be done in deed and in truth, which is always embodied. And like you said, this podcast is, is an incarnational reality. This ministry is incarnational. That's the faith. And to the degree that we are not incarnate in the world, in people's lives, then we're not fully doing the job. So we can't exist as an online reality. And I hope we never come to a point where our whole job is just to do stuff online. And there's people that do that and do it very well. But you and I right now are called to be incarnate in a particular place in a particular time, which Absolutely. as is Paul. And Paul never wants us to forget that as he's doing his great theology. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm simply the guy that was thrown to the ground, blinded, and has shown up for the game. So Absolutely. put me in, coach. Which is interesting. Have you, have you ever... Um, uh, had a moment in your life where you kind of went for it and it went horribly bad. Oh yeah. And like the, the, this podcast might turn out that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not over yet. Uh, yeah. I love that everybody laughed with <laughs> know. knowingly. A little too hard. I know you guys. Uh oh. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to wipe away the tears. No, no. no I, I think that it's actually wonderful when you, when you like are kind of enthusiastic and you go for it and, Maybe it doesn't go well because it. it the, I really believe that faith is risk. It's like, are you willing to risk yourself? Because that's what, it, I, in a certain sense, he's like, are you willing to lean out with your whole your whole being yeah. and, and onto the Lord and say, like, I'm going to put myself out there. I mean, it would be better. And he to, says, because I am. Because I am. And that's the beauty of his theology is he doesn't actually ask anything that he doesn't do himself. Because here, how many people are leaning out in the world 
for things that are not gonna actually give life and 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 for reasons that are and get persecution for things that are not true or or worthy i mean like a lot that's 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 what we call you know what we call that rock and roll Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that segue was. I don't either. That's good. That's like, I don't even, I don't know if that was a segue. I think that might've been a (laughs) cul-de-sac. Yeah, I think it was. Hey, you know who doesn't do that? Who? Gorgeous George Gehring, who is a shout out I'm giving on behalf of Bob Burns (laughs) up in Minnesota. You see how I did that? Yeah, dude. That was snuck it in there. That was totally baller. That's for you, George and Bob. And Bob, I gave you an umlaut earlier in the podcast. Yeah. All right. Back to business. Back to our originally scheduled programming. Okay. So, so children, love and deed, deed and truth. That's all I have to say. Well, I I was I was preaching the other day, and I I asked myself, I asked the congregation, I said, if the Lord wanted to take who you're preaching to and use deeds to demonstrate their power, what would those deeds look like? Say that one more time. If the Lord wanted to take the words that you're preaching to your people, because this is the age of the laity, if he wanted to superpower what you were saying, what deeds would he want to accompany them? Mm. And what did people say? It was, it's a I was. I know. Pre- it was I was, a was meant to be. Well, well the, the thing that I always recognize is that was super powerful for me is that somebody included me in their life. Like it's actually it's actually that normal. Hmm. It's like Barnabas to Paul. I mean, talk about a powerful, profound deed. Somebody included me when I didn't look like I knew what I was doing or I belonged. Yeah. Somebody said you you matter enough. I'm going to recognize in you. Hmm. And I'm going to say yes to you, and I'm going to include you in my life. And that, yeah. that is, um, yeah. that discipleship, I, I, like honestly, mm-hmm. I think discipleship might be one of literally the most powerful deeds that we have in the church. Yes. And so it's not miracles. I mean, it's nice to lay hands and to drink poison and to handle serpents and stuff. But really, are, are, are those going to be a powerful thing that's going to really inspire people to live a life of faith? Or is it, Maybe, or is but, it the inclusion uh, it, it, of love? Well, those might be powerful things, but even in the church, we call those extra ordinary things right which means the rest of it is the ordinary stuff that's day-to-day that we actually do yeah god can once in a while do extraordinary things right but we're meant to live in the ordinary ordinary time or that's we're not just in. ordinary <laughs> is my mic going in and out it's just getting louder and softer just according to your heart <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my heart is loud you now. did you didn't know that your heart had an influence on electronics did you i did Oh, well, there no, we didn't. go. So if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence in God and receive from him whatever we ask. Because so when we my keep mic goes out, is my heart condemning do me? Do what pleases him. Mm. Yes, it is. Your heart yes. condemns you. Shoot. So so we could just look at that. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. This oh, is live Patty on Facebook. Patty Quinn, everybody. Happy birthday. Everyone's Facebook. listening. Okinawa. Happy We're birthday. all celebrating with She's you. She's asleep. Okay. She wants to bed. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that gospel leads of John. Us the, the Gospel of John. It does, yes. Or... Juanito, if you love him. I think that's a female version of it. Juanita? No, Juanito. That's little Juan. Little John. Yeah, little John. All right, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The vine and the branches. Dude. This is one of the most well-known of um, Jesus. It's it's actually not a parable. I was about to call it a parable. It's not a parable because it's, it's not a story. It's, a, it's, an ex- it's what's called an extended metaphor. Which, That's which the is, technical terminology. Which is interesting because this, so every summer what I try to do is I try to take a natural reality and then investigate it. So last summer was the summer of clouds and this summer is the summer of um, trees. trees. So uh, I took this opportunity to learn all about the process of pruning trees and the proper manner in which one should... Um, um, should uh, uh, prune trees, and so it's it's actually quite interesting because we're in a great time in in the world, like uh, to be able to. That's a it's an, that, that's it's an, an amber, amber alert. alert. So all of the phones, all of the phones in the room. Yeah, I like the fact that it works. Yeah. I mean, like, because dude, you ain't gonna get away with nothing. You know, dear Jesus, help that child. Yes. Um. So the um. Um. Uh, pruning things. Oh, pruning, pruning weather. Yeah, things. so uh, a great time to prune trees is uh, in uh, late winter or early spring. That's now. That's right now, which what I think is know? just very important. So it's I've pr- been pruning my hydrangeas at home. Which is very Lenten, 
leading into Easter. Hydrangeas. Yeah, hydrangeas. You're pruning hydrangeas? Yeah, lay off. They're getting out of control. You're nodding like you know. That's good. You know I'm the hydrangeas get crazy? Everybody knows that. I don't okay, even, keep going. Continue. I, I, okay. I'm just going to let that be. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> that threw you off. And I successfully threw you off, of course. I mean, there's a lot of throwing up. So, I Father Peter, do you? Nice, nice climbing. Yes, that was amazing. So the... um, um Pruning. Dude, look at this. This is the third throw off. Yeah. Okay. Prune. Pruning. Okay. So it turns out that you actually need to prune fruit trees in a consistent way for them to be fruitful. They actually need a consistent pruning. Ivan, the Russian version of John. Ivan. Thank you, Susan Woo. Kennedy. Kennedy kids. Again, it's those Kennedy kids in the back of the minivan, man. They're Dude. keeping this podcast alive. Uh, yeah, Kennedy kids. Shout right, out. Four. Um, that's number four. Derailment. <laughs> Man, we get to the this, this spring is what and it's winter. Like spring and winter. That's when you in the world, them. isn't it? This is like what it's like to be a mother or a father, or Scott in Lay his off. normal life, Lay off. or a priest as he's running around. You know, this is it. So okay. So one should be consistent in their pruning year after year if you want to actually have a fruit tree be fruitful. Is that what you just were saying? Yes. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah. And that's why that's why we have a tendency to like mm. do spring cleaning. When spring cleaning, we purge. We read huh. the magical art of tidying up and disregard the Shinto influence and allow ourselves to thank God the for the changing art of tidying of, up. Thank you for the proper title, dude. You don't even know, man. That thing has lit me up. I gave. I'm giving everything. Are you away. impressed that I knew exactly what you were talking about? Yeah, have you read Kondo? No, yeah. but I just know stuff, dude. He knows. I try a to lot make it a stuff. point to know a lot. About, I know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Do you have you watched the Saturday Night Live skit? No. Okay, that's a, there's a good one. I've watched Saturday Night Live skits. But before. not that one. Probably yeah. not. Okay. Okay. Our hearts um, are, are alive because our microphones are coming. Hearts are alive. Microphones are on. Okay, so keep I'm the going. Vine, so you, my father's the vine grower. Yep. And, oh, and <laughs> by the way, that you can actually graft a fruit tree branch to another normal tree, and it'll grow. It just needs to share some sap and stuff. This and is so Romans you, 9 through 11, the olive tree metaphor. All of it? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Do you know the olive tree metaphor? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Keep going, though. So Paul, is, I don't want to get too far afield from from this, but it's it's related. But Paul actually, in speaking of who is Israel, is talking about you know because here here's the false assumption, and this is important with regard to Paul and, and even the first reading and what the church is doing and what the church is. Sometimes we falsely speak in terms of the old Israel of the Old Testament, right? And the new Israel of the church, right. which is actually the wrong way to think about it because yeah. it's simply Israel. And Paul makes it clear, like, what is Israel? What is the people of God? The people of God, Paul says in Romans 9, is like this big tree that God has been growing and nurturing from, you know, from time past, from the time of Abraham. And the reality is of this beautiful tree that God has been growing, sometimes branches fall off. And sometimes they're cut off if they're actually not bearing fruit. And he says sometimes new branches are actually grafted on. And I, I, I did a little bit of reading of some Hebrew horticulture back a number of years ago. And I found out that it actually was a practice in the time of Jesus that if you were having a tree that was kind of dying, a cultivated tree that was not doing well, to actually go out into the wilderness and bring branches of a wild tree, which would have been more susceptible to the elements, probably a little hardier, right? Because yeah. it's out in the mountains. Yeah. And if you grafted those hardy wild branches onto a cultivated tree, it would sort of breathe new life into the tree. I'm a wild man. <laughs> You're grafting onto me? I'm grafting onto you. But it would bring new life. And so what Jesus is saying is, and what Paul is saying is, that's the church. It, the church hasn't changed. Israel is Israel. Some have chosen to break themselves off of Israel. Some have been grafted onto Israel. But Israel is Israel. We are, the church is Israel. It's not some new, we have this false idea sometimes that God had been sort of building and cultivating his people throughout the whole Old Testament. And then he's like, well, forget them. They blew it. And he moves on to Christians. Right. No, no, no that's no, no. not it. We humbly have been grafted yeah. onto what always was, which actually is what kind of takes us back then to this reading, what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the vine, which, you know, if there's one very common, I'm not going to say it's the most common one, but a very common Old Testament metaphor for Israel and the people of God in the Old Testament is a vine or a vineyard, right? Yes. Think of Isaiah and Jeremiah, right? God planted a vineyard. Built a tower in it, dug a, a wine press. Yeah. So this, this should be familiar to tenants. To tenants. And that's Jesus' parable. Oh, yeah. But it comes from Isaiah 5, right? Isaiah, it's a reference to it, Isaiah. It comes from the book of Isaiah. But saying that Israel is like this vine, 
um, or like this vineyard. And what, so if, if you have these group of people that are very familiar with this idea of the people of God being like a vineyard, then Jesus shows up and he's like, guess what? I'm the vine, which is changing the metaphor that everyone's been used to. Ooh, God yeah. is the one who plants the vineyard and Israel is the vineyard. And Jesus is saying, yeah, that's all true. But guess what? I'm actually the vine. I am the fi- I am the roots of everything. Yes, my father is the is the planter, but I he's taking it further than anyone had ever thought about this metaphor. Right, mm. my father's the vine grower, and I'm actually the vine. Which means you guys aren't the vineyard. You are the vineyard, but not in and of yourself. It's not just on you. Right. He says he takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, right. and everyone that he does pr- he prunes so that it bears more fruit. Yes. You've already been pruned. Right. He's saying to the apostles. Now think of what when this is happening. This is John 15. This is actually the last of the seven I am statements in John. Which is the structure. If, you have, if you've never learned about it, it yeah. the, that's the structure of the Gospel of John. And, and, and look it up. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but and, yeah, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the gate. I am the gate. gate. <laughs> I'm playing down the rest. I, I, I can't matter. come up with it. That's it why I told matter. them to look it up. Yeah, you should look it up. Um, but this is the last <laughs> one. And in a certain sense, yeah. this is the climax. Because... The rest, I hope I say this right. I might, okay. I might say something false. Okay. The rest of them are all more sort of in a positive light. Yes. This one is the one that sort of is more of a warning. Mm. That you, you got to be, you got to be on the vine. I remember my, um, I, I my daughter when she, um, when I'm not, I'm not going to go down that route. It was something really beautiful. Well, okay. So here we go. But, okay, I'm, the, I'm just looking, and and what we're talking about is really profound because okay. if we're going to say that that. Grafting a wild branch in, in, a, in a traditional Hebrew horticultural sense brings new life to a vine. All of a sudden, we're seeing St. Paul, a wild ass of a man, um, who, uh, you know. Esau. Uh, Isn't Esau, that Esau. Yeah, it's Esau. It's scripture. Oh, no, that's uh, it's, uh, Ishmael. Sorry, Sorry, kids. Anyway. Sorry, kids, about that. Uh, a donkey. Okay, donkey, fine, you know what I'm saying? Cool. So he's a wild man, and they graft him onto the branch. And, and it, now we're, Paul, not just, we're talking about Paul? We're talking okay. about Paul in a, in a new capacity because yeah. what was dead on him actually needed to go, which was yeah. the, the, the law is death, the spirit is life. And, and as he's doing it, he's bringing new life. Now it's a little bit chaotic. It's wild. and so As gardening is. As gardening you is. You should see my backyard with sure. all the hydrangea bushings everywhere. everywhere. No, but, that's, but there's Ex- something really beautiful about that, uh, that metaphor. It, it is messy. And, and but but when you're grafted on, it's the keeping of the commandments that allows the 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 vine and the branches to actually connect and to transfer and to give life. Yeah. Because if we're it, we, you can't be connected without actually like the second reading says, children we're children now, we're actually connected in, and this is how grace actually moves with inside yeah. of us and fruitfulness. Yeah. Like um, is like the nine fruit tree, man. It's like the best. The That's what? The nine um. I just had, um, sorry, I went super ADD on you. You do what you got to do. Yeah, it was, um, uh, uh, I'll come up with it. You're fine. Some, yeah, keep going. Okay, first of all, I think we need to start wrapping it up. I just looked at my watch. and, But, but. Oh, okay. So just, that's a warning. Um, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. What, what you, you said something that's actually really beautiful because I was thinking of St. Paul's olive tree metaphor. And, and, and in that sense, he's talking about there are certain people who have been cut off or kind of cut themselves off really with their right. choices and people who are grafted on. But what Jesus is actually getting to is that even within us, like you said, there's parts that are grafted off and there need to be pruned and are, are brought, you know, this is happening internally as well. And it's, I, it's interesting where this shows up in the gospel of John in chapter 15. Um, in the previous two chapters, what actually just happened? Well, uh, two chapters ago, I think you had the, um, the betrayal of Judas who jets to go betray Jesus. So you have the cutting off, the pruning in a certain sense, right? But then what happened right after that? He cleansed his disciples, right? Right. So you actually have the pruning and the cleansing happening right before that in the story. And now Jesus pulls out this metaphor and talks about this, uh, this tree, which is really beautiful. And what's even, to take it even a step further than that, so you have the grafting and the pruning and the cleansing that just happened in the narrative, right? With Judas and the disciples. I don't know if you heard any of that. You're looking up something on your phone. It's a really, it was a really good point. I'm just kidding. You show what you got to show. No, no, no. You're going to be distracted until no, you I'm show not, it. No, I'm not distracted. I'm not okay. distracted now that I have the thing. It's okay. Okay. Um, but the other thing, okay, let me see if I can, how do I, how do I get there? What Jesus says, I'm the vine, right? And you're yes. the branches. So we're talking about a vineyard. Israel is the vineyard. 
He's the vine, which means that he is the root of everything that goes out. So if you want to find the source, what do you have to do? Look for the root. Where's the root? Yeah, the father. No, no, no. I, be literal. Where's In the, the root? In the ground. What's going to happen to Jesus very soon? He's going to be put into the ground. In a garden. In a garden. Remember, that's where the tomb actually was. Of which then he rises up and new life and we're actually able to regraft. Right. But if you want to know where to find the source of the vine, you actually have to look in the ground of the garden. Where is the source of the life that comes through us through being grafted onto the vine? It's through the crucifixion. And it's through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Because if you want to find the source of the vine, you have to look in the ground. Mm, Which is where Jesus gives us the source of our life and the lifeblood that's going to flow out of him because of his saving work back into us. But all of it roots back to that. Roots back to that. Which goes back into Psalm 22, which talks to all those who go into the dust will praise him and be lifted up. And and St. Paul, who's knocked to the ground and raised from the dust. Yes, this um, is it. This is the common thread. The the, the children. And then then that's actually what grows and then bears fruit. So you know what the theme of these readings are? What? To the ground. To the ground, yo, boom. Um, wasn't that funny? It was I, funny like five years ago. It was. Um, I, so, the, so what uh, do you got? So uh, Danielson and his nine fruit tree. That's this is uh, this is a guy. <laughs> if you guys know Sufjan Stevens, the, he he got to start with this guy here. I'm going to show you. And so that's Danielson in his nine fruit tree uh, costume because Thanks, he, he's really weird. But he uh, got uh, Sufjan Stevens' start. That's how I know. But um, Sufjan Stevens is awesome. Yeah, you, you guys, I'm sure he's listening. But um, uh, thank you so much for tuning in for an extraordinarily long, lanky guys. Yeah, we're uh, pretty close. We're about 15 minutes. Um, thank you so much to all of you who have donated. Oh, my goodness, we're just about to four thousand uh, dollars in an hour's time. Uh, so we have uh, we have um, twenty four hours left of the Saint Cletus Day. So if you're listening to this uh, afterwards um, and you made it this far, a you are well extraordinary. Mm. B uh, that means that you're in. C means that please uh, give generously. Um, this has been re- this has been my favorite uh, live one by by the way you guys of the two of of the two. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a good one, dude. Last one, I, I I felt like weird. I just like I felt like super self conscious. I think oh. sitting in the chair and almost having my feet up because I'm normally like lounged out. It just makes me feel good. It oh, just I makes get, me feel I good. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just feel more comfortable. That's fair. You guys are here. You guys are here. We got studying students in the background. We've got children studying. running around. We got people smiling and almost looking at us. It's amazing. And we you guys, um, we got people from Okinawa, you know, yes. Berlin. Oh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa. Very, you know, this is it. And uh, shout out to all the priests who listen. Yes. I will never tell your parishioners that you actually get stuff from this podcast. Your secret is safe with yeah, us. D- you know, you probably don't want to tell your parishioners because then they know what you're going to preach about. But then tell them anyway, because then they know it even better. And then they make even more connections. And then the church is lifted up and there's disciples and people are getting crazy. There's more stuff grafted on. And the next thing you know, the world is Catholic. So just um, so don't hold back. Just like share it as you can. As we love to point out please steal all of this steal all of it. this and and don't quote us it no. doesn't matter it doesn't we, we're all, we've stolen most of it everything anyway. that we get is has been received from somewhere else indeed. and so so indeed keep, and in truth indeed and in i almost dropped it yeah um don't do that i don't want to buy another one thank you or you mean you guys can buy us another one i mean we that's right that's where all the money is gonna go that's all the money it's new microphones for all of his mic drops <laughs> <laughs> but please share the word with your friends, tell your family, tell them to c- the beauty of Facebook is that it's going to be sitting there for all of eternity. And, and Mark and Zuckerberg is going to be watching it on a loop. On a loop. We know he does. <laughs> but it's there. So tell your friends, tell your family to come back and listen. Um, please help us get to our goal of $25,000 by tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Because I have to do some 25 hours. Yeah. You guys, uh, and celebrate the fact that you have a parish and a priest to, with... And attribute it to St. Cletus because, yeah, uh, and, uh, and you and can have an affogado. Affogado. And you can name your child Cletus in honor of today. So if you're giving birth or um, somehow At you've decided moment. to name your child on this day. If to, you're giving birth, I hope you're not listening to the podcast. Yeah. I mean, it might be very calming. You're doing Lamaze to it. Lamaze. Prune, prune, prune. Or, or, 
or you could uh, be driving Le Mans. A Pontiac Le Mans. Or you could be driving well, a Pontiac Le Mans. Yeah, that's not what you meant. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this podcast might be over. I think we're done. Um, I don't know. No, I had I, something else to say, but I don't remember I, what it was. I don't know either. I don't know, but thank you guys. Um, you're the best. Oh, I was going to tell you all to go to Starbucks and order an affogato and just see what happens because I'm curious. I yeah, they're going to stare at you blankly. They're going to be like, Alpha, what? And they'll be like, how do you, you make what'd that? What'd you call me? They, and they're going to ask you, how do you make that? You can say, Afogado. Afogado. <laughs> you can say, tune into the podcast. Tune into the podcast. All right. Come visit us at, at Drogo's. Right um, um, That's all we got. Tell your mom. Your mom is going to be really impressed that you listen to this. She's she going to listen, be. too. You're going to have to show her how to listen to it, though. Um. All right, we will be back next week with a regular podcast that's not on Facebook Live, probably, unless we do this every week, now, which we probably won't do. You guys, and tell us if you like this format. And don't tell us if you don't. Just give yeah, us positive just, feedback. Yeah. No negative feedback <laughs> would be good. All right, we got to go. You guys are the best. Uh, pray for us. Pray for this ministry. Donate to us if you can. Uh, we'll pray for you, and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. Look at that. <laughs> Yay. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. You can find us online at lankyguys.org. You can also find the Aquinas Institute at thomascenter.org slash AICT. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time.